Good morning. Good morning. How are we all? There we go. The mic's working. Good. Cool. God is in the process of moving this morning. I think it's absolutely beautiful, and I just want to step up here now and kind of join in and speak into some more of what he's been saying this morning. Um, Wow. I'm just going to pray this as we, before I even start, it's a, Paul that, uh, a prayer that Paul um, says he's praying over the, the church in Ephesus, and I love it. And basically, if God answers, well, when God answers this prayer, it means what I say this morning isn't going to mean a whole lot because God's going to be speaking to you directly about what he's saying and doing. So the, Paul says this in Ephesians. So I just encourage you to receive this now. If you want to put your hands out, invite Holy Spirit to speak to you. He says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you, all of you, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be open. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The power that is like the working of his mighty strength when he exerted in Christ, when he raised him from the dead. So the resurrection of power of Christ. And he seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realm, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Yes. So, good. <laughs> so right now, would you just receive the Holy Spirit as I speak? Invite him in right now, that you may know more of the hope that he's given to you, yes. the riches of his glorious inheritance for you, yes. and the power that raised Jesus from the dead working in your life. So would you receive that this morning right now? There you go. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Jesus. Cool. We had an amazing time here last um, last Sunday morning. Uh, we baptized nine amazing people and got to hear just a glimpse of their stories and what God's been doing in their life. And as, um, as Nick got up to, to speak, um, I definitely go back and have a listen to that. If you haven't heard it yet, catch it on YouTube or the podcast. Um, she introduced this idea, and I've actually managed to get hold of the book she used last week, of how we've got the story that we write for ourselves, our own story. And then we've got God's story that he writes for us. And it's really stuck with me this week how, how, much we, how much do we rely, asking the question, on what we write in our own story and how that dictates how we live our life, what we go about doing, how we live, and how we start to see more of God's story breaking in rewriting our story with God's story for our life. 
there is absolute fullness of life in God's story for us. And, and how on earth do we go about absorbing all that he has for us? The, the hope that we, we've been called, the riches of his glorious inheritance, and the incomparably great power of the resurrection of Jesus into our own stories. How, how is that even compatible? How does that even work? And if, if I'm honest, I've... Um, I look at my life growing up as a, uh, in a, the household I grew up in, in Tunbridge, with a path, path set out in front of me, um, past my 11 plus as it was then, head to grammar school, go to university, get a job. That was kind of the path that as, as a child was kind of laid, almost laid before me as it was just an inevitability that that was going to happen, to be honest. And, um, and thank you, thankful for my family and the family I grew up in and the plans that came together as I did that. And, and I'm sure for, for the rest of you, you know, you see aspects of your story where it's just kind of the, the chugging along, getting to the next place, to the next point, to the next point. And the honest reality, I think, for most of us is that our, the stories that we write for ourselves are maybe stories that won't end up having massive biographies written about us. They won't end up in history books. And I wonder how many of our stories will, like, if we, if we just stick to our own story, will we'll almost pass away, die into memory at some point. Who's going to write a story? Who's going to write a book about my story that I live? But the beautiful thing is, at the age of 13, I had an encounter with Jesus that changed my life and started the journey of bringing God's story into that story that I was writing for myself. And, it, and even I've seen that story evolve, move on, change, develop, as I've spent more time with God. And God had plans for my life He, it says in, in the Bible that he knit me together in my mother's womb. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He has an absolutely beautiful plan to write your story for you. And we've been invited into that story to take a step, not into the own story that we write for ourselves, but in God's story for our life. And I love how God orchestrates and weaves things together to lead us where, where he's trying to get us. So at the age of, um, I, so having grown up in church all my life, having, well, yeah, pretty much all my life, and grew it as, I, as a teenager, I learned the guitar, I grew up into a worship leading kind of role and I very, felt, very much felt that's where I w- God was calling me into um, I've played in youth bands as growing up in church. And, and I very much felt like that was where he was calling me, the path he was calling me on. And if you'd have asked me probably, probably 10 years ago, I would have said, yeah, pretty much that's, where I'm, that's my baseline, that's where I'm at at the moment. But then he had plans which came, started coming together together 
So at the age of about 29, I was working in the care sector. And I made some mistakes in my work and in my job, which meant I got suspended, investigated, rightly so. Um, and whilst I was sat at home feeling sorry for myself, um, I'd, I'd, made, I'd made mistakes I had. I'd um, hidden some financial stuff around, and it just wasn't very pretty. But in that moment of me being at quite a low place, of not knowing what was happening next, what was going on, I was probably most likely going to get sacked. I was still going to church. I was still leading worship. I was still doing all that stuff. But it was all this messy stuff going on underneath. I had an encounter with God breaking in and speaking to me in a way that, to be fair, I hadn't really heard with such clarity before. And it was about Vicky, my wife. She was off swimming, uh, which some of you will know is a very common thing for her to be doing. But she, she was in the pool doing lengths. And whilst I was sat, I, pi- I can still picture it to this day, in my lounge at the flat we were living in in Reading at the time. And I felt him clearly say to me, Vicky needs to go and study to be a social worker. So that wasn't about me, it was about her. But that very word and that, that audible thing, that audible voice that I heard speaking to me, started something that led me here to Ashford. And actually that same day while Vic was swimming up and down, she came back from the swimming pool. So God said the weirdest thing to me while I was swimming. I think I need to quit the police and go and become a social worker. So it turned out there were two weeks before the UCAS deadline for her to apply to university, which she did. God's timing is beautiful in all of this. And we ended up looking at all the best options and coming to Ashford. And it's throughout that, that process and that journey in coming to Ashford that I've seen God unveil the next part of the story that he's written for my life. As things became clear about coming to Ashford Vineyard as it was then and invitations into, stories that, into the story that he had for me. He'd actually, I'd received prophecies at the age of 15 and at the age of, again, um, probably about 23 or 24, about being so much more than a worship leader in the church and uh, taking a, a greater role in, in church leadership and things like that. But I'd kind of dismissed them. No, I'm quite happy playing my guitar, thank you very much. But it was at that point as things started shaping together and God's molding us and was molding me into what he's made me into today and is continuing to shape me into. And there are greater things to come for me. There's more coming. And it's exciting to see that unfold as I start to embrace God's story for my life rather than the story that I've written for myself. You all have a story. And it's not an autobiography written by yourself. God has a plan for each one of you. A beautiful plan, a beautiful story that he, as I said at the beginning, is knitting, knit together, began to knit you together in your mother's womb. 
He sees the absolute gold and the potential in you to be the best you can be. And Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. And so I wanted this morning just to, for us to think about what it looks like to, to take our story and to absorb God's story into that. So that it's God's story for our life that we're living, not the story that we write for ourselves. And I, I don't know how much of that you, you, you're kind of asking the question, going, how do I do that? How do I do that? How do I step into that? How do I claim all that God has for me? And I think the first thing is to go back to the author himself. How much time do we spend listening to God as a father? Jesus said in, in John 10, let me just read that. It says this. The true shepherd walks right up to the gate. And because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in. And the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd. For he calls his own by name and leads them out, for they belong to him. And when he has brought out all his sheep, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him, for they're familiar with his voice. They run away from strangers and never follow them, because they know it's the voice of a stranger. So how much do we spend time listening to our Father's voice? He's there, ushering us, shepherding us, taking us, and going, go down this route. This is where I'm leading you. This is, where, this is the story I've written for you. And as we learn to step out in hearing the Father's voice, it gives us opportunity to lean into obedience to hearing what he's saying to us. So I asked this morning, which voices are you listening to to define who you are? And which story are you listening to? Who is writing your story? Nick touched on this a bit last week, but do we let the news dictate our story and what we believe about ourselves? Do we let social media, Netflix, other people, our medical conditions, do we let those define our story? I wonder as well, even, if we go so too far in allowing these tools that are out there to help us recognize our skills and abilities to define who we are? Does our Enneagram score define who we are? Does our pack type define who we are? Do our strength finders characteristics define who we are? We need to go to the source, the author, and it's him who rewrites our story to define what we look like and who we are and what he's calling us into next. And he wants to keep revealing that over and over and over again to us. The shepherd calling us as his sheep, as his people, into the beautiful life, the riches of the glorious inheritance that he has for us, and into the incomparable power that he has for us, the power that raises Christ from the dead. So as we hear his voice, and as you hear his voice speaking to you, 
And if you don't hear him speaking to you or don't feel like that's something you can do, then I just want to encourage you to take a moment to stop, to listen. He's there. He whispers to us in the quiet. He shouts at us in the loud. (laughs) Quite practically, how I would say I hear God is just like a thought in my head. So, if just where you are now, if you just shut your eyes and imagine, well, you saying your name in your head to yourself. It's not an audible voice. Some people do hear the audible voice of God. But it's the ideas, the songs, the, the, the whisper that we hear in our head that, that I, I'm leaning into more and more in understanding how he speaks to me. There's a, a worship song called, um, it's by Hillsong called So Will I, a hundred billion times, hundred million times, something like that. That this, the last two weeks has just been rattling around in my head and I've been worshipping to it, I've had it on loud in, in, the, in the kitchen in the house. I feel sorry for Tracy who's living with us at the moment because she's coming down, it's that song again. But it's just such a beautiful song and I know God is speaking to me through that song at the moment. And God speaks to us through so many different ways. But we need, as his, as his sheep, as his people, to get better to hearing his voice. And as we do that, we'll learn more about the story that he's inviting us into. And then what do we need to do once we've heard that? Jesus told a, a couple of parables. One about hidden treasure and one about a pearl of great price. He said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid. And for joy over that, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Jesus goes on to say, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who, when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. The man and the merchant in those parables see something of great value under the surface. They see something that's worth having, that's worth taking hold of. And they're willing to sell all that they have to possess it. Not some of what they have, but absolutely everything. How willing are we to go before God and offer him everything we have. We've sung those words this morning, a life laid down, I surrender now. I give you everything. What do you include in your everything? (laughs) What do you include in your everything? God freely gives us his grace and his love 
and enables us to come into his presence because of through Jesus and what we celebrated last week and continue to, to celebrate. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead. It's by grace that you've been saved, and it's by grace that you're raised up and have the opportunity to step into his story. But with that comes an element of longing to surrender everything to that. We can't serve two masters. And that is why we need to make the choice in order to fully embrace God's story for our life. We need to make the choice to give up the things that are holding us back, the things that are distracting us, and to give them to God. As a shepherd, he continues to chase up after us. He continues to to call us, to lure us, go, I've got this for you. Don't go over that way. I want to call you into this thing, this amazing thing. We need to spend time listening to him. We need to give up the things that are preventing us from stepping into that and break down the walls and the barriers that are are preventing us from stepping into the, the abundance of everything that he has for us. And across this room this morning... There are beautiful stories that God has written over you. Over each one of you. And he wants you to walk in that, step in that, run into that with abandonment. So let's throw off everything that hinders us and chase after this beautiful pearl, this beautiful thing. Let's chase after the hope for which he's called us. Chase after and understand the riches of his glorious inheritance and live walking in the power of the in, walking in the incomparably great power that raised Christ from the dead because that's all available to us. Yes, and that's part of what we've been hearing about, what we've been singing about this morning. It's that gold thread weaving through this place this morning that all comes out of an encounter with him that changes our life. And as the nine people who were baptized last week celebrated that encounter and their life being changed and the stories we've heard this morning, and there are more stories as well. Some of us gather here at, um, between four and seven on a, every morning. I was going to say on a Sunday morning, but every morning... And you're very welcome to come and join us if you'd like to at any point during that. We've, we're having such encounters with God in those times together. And yeah, you're, you're all invited to come and join us. It's not just about the fact that time, it can happen any time. But we've seen angels moving in this place. We've seen prophecy, people prophesying over each other. We've seen people pray for healing and be healed. opportunity to just sit and be to enjoy Father God and to sit in his presence together and there's someone here between four and seven every morning so please feel free if you would like to any morning in the week to come and join us and come and join in that
Can we stand, please? Sam, can you come up, please? Thank you. you grab that mic on your way through. Thank you. Cool. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so um, Sam shared just a little bit of his story last week. And I just wanted to give him the opportunity now to... Um, Tell us about any, the encounter he had and what's happened as a result of that. So what happened to you last November when you came into this place, Sam? What was... Well, last November, I think it was the 30th of November, I lost my job. Um, and I've been training next door in the gym with my friend Ben. I've been training for the last few years now. And while we was training, I actually said to him, Ben, I think I found God. And he didn't say nothing. We just carried on sort of training. And then when we come out of training, walking past, he said, I must give that church a try on Sunday. I said, what church? He said, that church there. And I didn't think no more of it, and then I ended up here on the Sunday. Ben wasn't here, I was just here on my own, and I sat over the back and sort of just watched from a distance. Then Christmas came, I had to deal with Christmas and everything, because I had no money and everything else. And God had led me to, if I'm honest, to the Repton Connect Centre, to a food parcel box that I obviously really needed because I had no money. And then got through Christmas, and then January got through, and then the 5th of, 5th of February, I come back to church, and that's when everything started changing. Everything. Um, my whole life, if I'm honest, probably about the last... I've worked out from the last 23 to 30 years. There's flashed between my eyes over the last few months. Um... And then two weeks ago, I was at home. It was quite late at night, and God come to me and was talking to me. Yes. And he asked, he explained a lot of stuff. I won't go into it, it goes on for ages, but a lot of stuff <laughs> explained. And I had to do a massive thing that is probably the hardest thing I've had to do in my life, and it is the best thing, it was the right thing. I had to give my love for my children to God. I had to release them from my heart and trust in his heart. Mm. And for that being said, I now know and I now have no worries, no nothing. So I know God is going to look after my children. He's going to look after my family, everyone. He's, he's going to, you know... And for, for that... I. I build a relationship and I, there's certain things I have to do and certain things I don't have to do, but it, it is a relationship. Yes. And, yeah, just believe in yourself and him. and Well, just believe in yourself and he'll find you, if that makes yeah. sense. Amen. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Sorry. God is in the business of changing lives, rewriting stories. Sam's story goes even deeper than that, and we haven't had time to, to go into all of that this morning. I just encourage you to put your hands up this morning. If, if you're, you want to receive from him, if you want to receive from God right now, if you're... Oh. Thank you. 
God's story for you is a beautiful thing. Let him move through you now. Receive now. Receive him now. The Holy Spirit's weaving his way around this room. When Chris started talking, I got reminded of when the Jews were in Babylon, they were captive. They were held captive for 70 years. God told them to actually plant, to build houses, to have families in captivity. And then God sent a prophet to them and basically said this this is God's word on the subject as soon as Babylon's 70 years are up and not a day before I'll show up and take care of you as I promised and bring you back home I know what I'm doing I have it all planned out plans to take care of you not abandon you plans Mm -hmm. to give you the future you hope for When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. I'll turn things around for you. I'll bring you back from all the countries into which I drove you. Bring you back home. And... The one thing that God's saying is it doesn't matter where you are. doesn't matter what life's chucking at you at the moment. We're so glib when we use the verse, I know the plans that mm. I have for you. But that comes after they had been 70 years in captivity. Yeah. That will happen for you. That promise is true. That promise is for you today. You may not know exactly what that plan is. You may not know what your story is and what God's story for you is at this precise moment. But God is bringing it to pass. You may just have to live where you are for a little while, but he's walking with you every step of the way because his promise is he will never, ever leave you and he will never, ever, ever forsake you because he is good. Um, If you'd like to respond to anything that's been said this morning, please do come to the front. We would love to pray for you. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.